Tonight, we're celebrating the presentation of Jesus at the temple. So how is it that we know about this particular story in Jesus' life? Well, we know from the prologue of his gospel that Luke was writing for Theophilus, a Gentile Christian, and that Luke had desired to set out a careful accounting of Jesus' life and the events that had been fulfilled. And so, he says, he carefully investigated everything from the beginning. It's likely that in the course of his careful investigation and research that Luke interviewed Jesus' mother, Mary. As I did my own study in preparation for tonight, I wondered what it may have been like to hear the story of Jesus' presentation at Temple from Mary herself. We don't know a lot about what happened to Mary after Jesus' death, but we do know that she was alive after his death and that according to Acts 1.14, she stayed with the disciples. She was probably with them in the upper room during Pentecost. I think it's possible, at least, that in the time after Jesus' resurrection, Mary shared her stories about Jesus' birth and his early days with people in the early church. So maybe Luke interviewed her individually, or maybe he was present at some gatherings where she shared her stories. And so tonight, using our holy imaginations, let's listen to the story, as Luke may have heard Mary share it. Shalom, friends. It is good to be with you. I have been enjoying sharing with you stories of Jesus' birth and his early days. These events help us understand who Jesus is and what God's purposes are for him. And I have kept these things in my heart and pondered them over the years. And it brings me great joy as a mother to share the special, the special time with you. And tonight, I'd like to tell you about when we presented Jesus at the temple. Now, Joseph and I were devout Jews who faithfully observed the religious rituals of our people. We had Jesus circumcised on the eighth day as the law required, and that is also when we gave him the name Jesus, as the angel instructed us. When the time came for us to fulfill our religious duties of purification after childbirth and the dedication of a firstborn son, we took Jesus to the temple for these ceremonies. It wasn't a requirement to be at temple, but that's what we did. And we brought the offering required, a pair of turtle doves, uh, or was it two young pigeons? I really, I don't remember for sure, but what I remember was that it was the offering allowed for families who could not afford a lamb. Now I knew from what the angel had told me before Jesus' birth that my son would be very great and that he would be called the son of the most high. And now we were bringing the son of the most high to temple for the first time. In hindsight, it reminds me of the prophet Malachi 
who said, then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. I don't think, however, that it occurred to me that anyone else would recognize Jesus. So I was surprised when an older gentleman approached us, took Jesus in his arms, and started praising God for him. He sang a beautiful prophetic song. I don't remember the tune, but I do remember the words. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. Joseph and I, we were amazed at what Simeon was saying. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And he told us how the Spirit led him to the temple so that he was there when we brought Jesus in to be presented. And when he saw him, still just a babe, he recognized him as Messiah. I have seen your salvation, he sang. Did you know that the name Jesus means God is salvation? It was a common enough name for Jewish boys. But Simeon recognized this Jesus as Messiah, the embodiment of God's salvation. Simeon also said that Jesus is a light to reveal God to the nations. Hmm. This is one of the things I've pondered over the years. Jesus is a light. He was born into a dark time and place. We were living in an occupied country, and we hadn't received a new prophetic word from God in hundreds of years. Herod, the ruler of Judea at the time that Jesus was born, he was a brutal man who murdered his sons, two of his wives, and his mother-in-law. The Lord God knew that we were walking in darkness and we needed a light to show us the way. And Jesus isn't just a light. He is a light to reveal God. Later in his life, uh, one of his disciples, Philip, I think it was, said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you all this time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And Jesus didn't just reveal God to Israel, our people. He's a light to reveal God to the nations, plural. The book of Genesis tells us that the Lord God said, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. It is only right that through Jesus, 
the descendant of Abraham sent to save us, all the nations of the earth can know God, and in knowing God, be blessed. As I think about all that happened, both during Jesus' life and in the time after his death and resurrection, it amazes me how the story of his life and his work have spread, how his disciples have told people everywhere about him, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And Simeon also said that Jesus is the glory of God's people, Israel. We as a nation weren't able to keep our side of the covenant with God. But Jesus did what we were not able to do ourselves. He kept the terms of the covenant perfectly, and he fulfilled all of the law and the prophets. Jesus wasn't only a perfect human. He was the perfect Israelite, specifically, the glory the glory of God's people, Israel. Simeon's song was, it was wonderful, it was beautiful. But that wasn't the only thing he had to say that night. While we were standing there, jaws open in amazement, Simeon blessed us. But then he turned to me and said, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. He was right. Jesus' light not only reveals God, it also reveals the depths of people's hearts. And while some hearts are revealed as faithful and filled with joy, others are not. We saw this even while he was still just a baby at the temple that very day. Simeon himself was an example. Jesus' presence at the temple revealed the deepest thoughts of Simeon's heart to be filled with hope and praise. But news of Jesus' birth revealed Herod's heart to be filled with pride and murder. And this revealing of deepest thoughts continued throughout Jesus' life. As he taught and healed, some welcomed him with joy, and others opposed him and sought to stop, even kill him. And then Simeon's hardest word of warning for me. And a sword will pierce your very soul. This is hard to speak of. Being Jesus' mother is such a great honor. And yet, it has not been easy. You might be tempted to think that because I had surrendered myself to God and to God's purposes, that God would somehow make it easy for me, you know, smooth out the rough places so that I could more easily walk in his ways. But that's not how it worked out. 
while there was joy as I walked the good path the Lord sent me on. There was also pain and fear and hardship and uncertainty. It wasn't easy becoming pregnant before I was married and almost losing my fiance. It wasn't easy traveling to Bethlehem for the census, a 90-mile journey that took us a week and while I was still pregnant. And it wasn't easy fleeing to Egypt, a 100-plus-mile journey from Bethlehem with a small child to care for. I know it wasn't easy hearing that Herod sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem. My son was safe. But how I wept for all the mothers of all those boys. Even during the height of Jesus' ministry and popularity, it wasn't easy. I worried about him, you know? He worked so hard and expended so much energy teaching and healing. I worried he didn't eat well enough and that he wasn't getting enough rest. Even when he had opportunities to rest, he spent so much time in prayer. And I know it was a comfort to him and so vital to his work, but a mother worries. And yet none of that compared to the pain of watching him die. My son, my beautiful boy, now, after his resurrection, I know that this was all part of God's plan and things turned out more wonderfully than I could have ever imagined. But at the time, at the time I wondered if I had failed. God had entrusted his son, the Messiah, to my care. And here he was, being brutally tortured and killed. And I couldn't do anything to protect him or to ease his suffering even. The best I could do was to choose to remain there with him, to participate in his suffering in that small way. And that was so incredibly hard. Oh, how I wanted to flee, to hide myself from his pain and from my own. But I stayed. And when that spear pierced Jesus' side with a flow of blood and water showing that he had died, it was, it was as if a sword had pierced my very soul. I'm sorry. <clears throat> this is very hard for me to speak of. But there is more about Jesus' story of the presentation of the temple that I want to tell you about. So <clears throat> let's continue. Let's continue with that story. There was someone else at the temple that day who recognized Jesus. Anna. Sweet Anna. You surely have women in your faith community who are honored and respected as elders or matriarchs. Well, this is what Anna was like. She was over 80 years old, and she'd been a widow for most of her life. And she was a prophet 
who worshiped God at the temple day and night with fasting and with prayer. While she came along just as Simeon was talking with us, and she began praising God too. I don't remember what she said anymore, but oh, her joy and her enthusiasm. She talked about Jesus to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Some may overlook Anna, but her part of the story is important too. You know how our laws require at least two witnesses to establish valid testimony. Well, Anna served as a second witness that Jesus is Messiah. Anna could also be described as one of the first evangelists. She spread the good news about Jesus' arrival to everyone she knew who was waiting for the Messiah. And Anna embodied the reality that Jesus is for all people. Jesus appeared as the redeemer of both male and female, and it is fitting that both a male, Simeon, and a female, Anna, were there to welcome him at the temple. We serve such a good God who sees and rescues all of us, male and female, Jew and Gentile, even those who may feel forgotten or unvalued by the world are seen and valued by our God. Hmm. Well, what else can I tell you? Once we had fulfilled the requirements of the law of the Lord, we returned home to Nazareth in Galilee where Jesus grew up healthy and strong. Hmm. But friends, I want to take a moment and encourage you. I know from experience that doing the things that God asks us to do can be hard. When he was older, Jesus himself told his followers that being his disciple was not easy. He warned us to count the cost before becoming his disciples. You may be tempted to believe that if you are doing God's will, if you are obeying his call, that God will make things easy. And yet, Jesus himself faced many hardships and told us that we should expect the same. We often experience challenges and difficulties when we follow Jesus. And this doesn't necessarily mean we're doing something wrong or that we should abandon the path we're on. Peter said it well in one of his letters. Dear friends, he said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So when you are facing hardships, don't be surprised and don't lose heart. God is faithful to keep his promises. Just as he kept his promise to Simeon, he will keep his promises to us. And we, too, after we have suffered for a while, will have the joy of seeing his glory 
when it is revealed to all the world. Amen.